Hello and welcome to the WWE vs AEW podcast. I am your host Daniel and on tonight's show we're going to be reviewing last night's WWE Hell in a Cell 2020 pay-per-view. So yeah, welcome back to the show. Tonight, as I said, we're going to be reviewing Hell in a Cell from last night. And it was, quickly to get into it, it was a very, very good show, I thought, overall. I mean, the main event main event was some people liked it, some people didn't. I thought it was all right. Um, but the main stories coming out of the show are Randy Orton, 14-time, yeah, 14-time WWE champion, well, and World Heavyweight Champion combined. Um, Roman Reigns retains the title against his cousin Jay Uso, and for me, Bailey and Sasha steal the show in a classic Hell in a Cell match. It was, it was a fantastic match, but yeah. So um, last night I watched. It was an eleven o'clock start in the UK because the clocks have changed back over here. So I thought, yeah, do you know, what? might be able to watch this. Wrong. Wrong, I'm getting older, harder to stay up for these pay-per-views, I don't know. Went out the night before, a few pints, celebrated um, a Preston win at Huddersfield. Um, yeah, 10 o'clock, in for 10 o'clock. After, for people who don't know, if you any listeners are from the States, which I'm sure there are, um, in the UK, so we're allowed out, okay, in tier 3, we're actually allowed out, okay, but... You've got to get a meal, a substantial meal with each drink you purchase. So, you go out, you could get nachos or something, and a pint. Yeah, and then some places will let you stay in for a few. But if you go to different places, you've got to buy food in each one. So, when you go to four places and you're having nachos, chips, pizza, yeah, it takes a lot out of you. Fucking harsh on the wallet as well, I'll tell you that much. But yeah, so we had a great night Saturday night. We watched a bit of the Khabib fight back here. Um... Yeah, so yeah, I was a bit, 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 um, not really one for getting bad hangovers, but I was a bit, um, a bit delicate Sunday, so yeah, I thought, you know, I'm watching all the football Sunday, I thought I might make this hell in a cell, watched Roman Reigns' Jey Uso, and then I felt myself dwaying as soon as Jeff Hardy Elias started, I thought, nah, I'm gonna wait till tomorrow and watch the rest of the show in better spirits tomorrow, so today... Been to work for a few hours, came back and watched the rest of the show. Um, so yeah, so the show opened up. We'll get into the show now. Now you've heard my dear diary incitation. Um, and I thought it was a great video package to show, start the show. Really got you hyped for the show. Um, I myself had watched the uh, kickoff show. So I'd seen all the video packages for each individual match. Um, I'd watched quite a bit of the build up going into it on the Smackdown side. Obviously the draft and stuff. But I've not had, had a chance to watch Friday Smackdown, so the video packages sort of helped rekindle my uh, investment in some of the bigger matches on the show, 
Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll say that the intro, I'm a big fan of intros on pay-per-views and it was a really good video um, building up the big matches on this show. Um, and as we found out on the kickoff show, the show itself was going to start with Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, um, which was an, it was an interesting start. Uh, choice of start in the pay-per-view with that match but I think out of the three big matches on the show this had the most predictable winner so I can see why they did that um so yeah obviously everyone going into it expected Roman Reigns to retain but the feud um it had been said that the feud was actually originally only planned to go um a month at Clash of Champions but Vince loved the build and the match at Clash of Champions that much they decided to take it into Hell in a Cell and it was the right decision, definitely the right decision. We're seeing this. I tweeted out last night, um, watching this match, that Roman Reigns has to be the hottest act in all of wrestling at the moment. Um, some people agreed, some people disagreed. But for me, I'm thinking, who else is there? Who else is there? There's, you know, what I mean, there's acts in AEW. Um, obviously, you've got some in New Japan, but for me, I don't think anything right now is is, is an in- intriguing as Roman Reigns. This heel turn for Roman Reigns, which has just been some dickhead is outside my flat blasting music, which sort of took me a little bit off guard then, but whatever, yeah, Roman Reigns, hottest act in wrestling at the moment for me, he's, I was talking to a friend about this last night, it's just crazy how someone could seem so, not uncomfortable, I say unnatural is a better word, as a baby face, and then he's a heel, and it's just like, I can't even remember the Roman Reigns, the baby face Roman Reigns, because this is the act that Roman Reigns should be doing. He's just, as this tribal chief thing with Paul Heyman aside him, I'm just thinking some of the reactions that he'd be getting. You can't help but think what reactions would somebody be getting like that um, with fans in front of him. But hey, he's still doing an absolutely magnificent job. And I'm telling you, he's probably going to be getting cheers, I think. when <laughs> It's funny, you, sometimes you do have to, I've heard it said on other podcasts where you've got to turn someone heel to get them back over as a babyface, even bigger, um... You know, you seen it with The Rock, didn't you? All those years ago, Roman's cousin, The Rock. Look what happened with him. I'm not saying Roman's going to be as big as that, but hey, he's definitely on the right track. It was four or five years too soon. I mean, too hurt, too soon, too late, but hey, he's doing a good job with it. But this match, he just... The match itself, it was pretty similar to um, the Clash of Champions match. I thought this was better. I thought it was much better. Um, it was brutal. The Hell in a Cell environment helped the match a lot. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've not took any notes on this match, and I was a little bit delicate last night watching it, but I love this match, um, from Roman's crying, um, you had, at the end, Jey Uso, I mean, is it Jimmy? Jimmy? Oh, God knows. Whoever, I always get him confused, I'm sorry about that, but, um, the brother comes out, helps out, um, t- and Roman ends up putting him in a submission himself, where, um, it causes, we'll call him Uso, to say, verbally say, I quit to give Roman Reigns the win, um, Roman was just an absolute prick in this match, it was, it, I just love this match for me, it was one of my favourite matches from of the year from WWE, I thought it was fantastic, um, action wise, you know what I mean, it might not be action, but it was definitely the best storytelling match of the year in WWE that I've seen at least, um, i say it was excellent, and then the end of it, the whole point is, if the Usos lose, they've got to join Roman, do you know what I mean, and what, serve him or whatever, um, so the match started with him coming out with the thing around his neck, and then it ends with Roman Reigns putting the thing around his neck with Arthur and Seeker of the Wild Samoans, with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman behind, so yeah, looking forward to seeing the Usos, I'm assuming, joining Roman in a stable, 
you know what's going to happen, don't you? It's going to be like he reluctantly does it at first, the Usos, but there will be a three-man band, I'm sure, at some point. But yeah, great match, definitely um, a memorable Hell in a Cell match, even if I am struggling to remember. I bet you're thinking, why is this dickhead doing a podcast on this match and he can't remember it? Well, it was last night, so yeah, I've slept since then. Um, but yeah, I've watched the rest of the pay-per-view tonight, so I can remember, well, today, so I can remember all of that. Um, but yeah, Roman Reigns is expected retains, and the Usos will now serve your tribal chief. Um, next, a match. Th- this pay-per-view is a bit weird, because you have the three big matches, and it was a bit like, what other matches are they going to add to the show? Um, you could tell it was a little bit rushed. We had Jeff Hardy Elias added um, late last week. This match, I mean, Elias, as much as he's got like, he's a, well... He's over, I'm assuming, with the fans. Um, he's not the best worker, is he? Not the best worker. Um, Jeff Hardy gets an, an okay match out of him. It wasn't great. Um, it ends with Jeff hitting the twist of fate on Elias. Elias rolls out to get the guitar, but instead Jeff gets it off him, smashes over the head with it for the DQ, and Elias is your winner via DQ. Um, I think this is just to progress. Do you know what I mean? You can have Elias come out and roar, can't you? And say, Jeff Hardy's not all there. Look, he got himself disqualified. It was definitely him that drove the car, even though I'm sure five months ago it was revealed to be Sheamus. But, hey, my match... Elias just doesn't do it in the ring for me. Just doesn't. He's not... Maybe he has it in him, but maybe he's just not giving enough time. But I don't think he does. And I don't really want to see him wrestling matches on pay-per-view. But, yeah, this was... It, it wasn't very good. Next, speaking of not very good, next we have Otis versus The Miz, where Otis, I can hear Tebbs uh, screaming at this match as Otis defends the Money in the Bank grief briefcase against The Miz. And the whole storyline is just stupid, really, but it ends with, well, JBL on SmackDown apparently declared that he'd have to defend the briefcase against The Miz on this pay-per-view. Um, the Miz is someone who needs a really good worker with him to have on a good match. This match was sloppy, I thought. It wasn't wasn't great at all. Um, but yeah, before the match, I'm thinking, I can't see them having Otis just randomly defend the briefcase if he isn't going to lose it. I think they didn't want Otis to cash in on Roman. Um, I think, do you know what I mean? They don't mind the, brief, the Money in the Bank briefcase maybe being successfully cashed in over on Raw, but they don't want Otis involved anywhere near the Roman Reigns story. And as predicted, well, I was looking at the betting odds yesterday, and Otis was, I was surprised to me, he was the favourite to retain the briefcase. Um, if anyone bets on wrestling, then they could have got a really good little bet on the Miz, because I just thought it was a foregone conclusion that Miz would win. The one thing I didn't see coming, seems to be a trend in WWE at the moment, is splitting up tag teams, now I know they'd sent them to different brands, well they'd sent uh, Tucker to Raw, but yeah, Tucker turns on Otis, and gives The Miz the win, not sure where that came from, um, Otis is on Smackdown, Tucker's on Raw, so what are we going to do, are we going to break this, do you know what I mean, are we going to break the brands, but do you know what I mean, are you going to have, you've had this draft two weeks ago, we're already going to have Otis on Raw, or whatever, maybe he'll dress up as that luchador again, but don't know, a bit of a bizarre choice. I'm not sure if there was any need for the turn, but maybe at least it gives Tucker a new direction because he would definitely have been lost um, just being a babyface. So I guess there's that, but just shows done it. When they put this belt on, uh, the briefcase on Otis, you had, uh, Tebbs was on this podcast saying all the things they could do with it. They didn't have a fucking clue, did they? They just did it 
to get like a pop in front of an old crowd, to get some sort of, I don't even know what they did for, maybe Vince thought it was funny or something, I don't think they ever had any intention of putting the bell on Otis, um, if they did, I don't think Roman coming back and being sort of overhelped in the slightest, um, I mean they did have that spell on Smackdown where they were teasing Otis cashing in on Braun, but since then it's just been, as the Miz has said, like a comedy thing, um, a prop, so yeah, the Miz, out of all the people to win the briefcase, the Miz, I think we're past the stage where we ever need to or ever should see the Miz winning the belt. I mean, we've got we have well we did have a really dominant Raw champion in Drew McIntyre. Don't the Miz the cowardly the Miz just isn't anymore at that level where he needs to be in the main main event. He just doesn't, does he? At all. There was plenty of other options you could have had um get the briefcase, but I don't even know. I think they just wanted the briefcase off Otis because he's not winning the belt. But is Miz really gonna win the belt? I mean, he did the interview after the match where he says that he did last time and how he beat Orton on Raw 10 years ago, but you just don't need the Miz cashing in at all. Um, hopefully, he tries to cash in and Orton just beats him or something like that, but hey, the match weren't great, was it? But Otis loses the Money in the Bank briefcase to the Miz, and we get a backstage interview where um, the Miz doesn't seem to know much about it, but... Tucker comes out and he basically says that Otis is nothing without him. He can't tie his shoelaces without him. And then Otis comes out, attacks the Miz and brawls with Tucker backstage. So I don't know where they go with this. Um, obviously, we got the Survivor Series advert where it was Raw. Do you know what I mean? Where it was The Undertaker's 30th anniversary. There wasn't any mention of Raw versus SmackDown. Um, so maybe they will have the match. Maybe they won't. But it just seems a little bit strange to me because obviously after the this pay-per-view... If you go in on previous years, you'd have the Universal Champion versus the WWE Champion, which is two heels, Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. Not sure they're going to do that. But um, um, then again, I suppose they did do it with Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar a few years ago because Bryan had just turned heel and Lesnar was obviously a heel. But not sure if you want. There's no crowd. They can do anything. It doesn't really matter, does it? But maybe they won't go the interpromotional route for Survivor Series. But hey. I'm not quite sure about this. Next, let's look at, let's talk about this match. This match, this match for me, Bailey versus Sasha. I thought even if Orton was winning the belt, this should have main evented. It was a hot feud going in than Orton versus McIntyre. I felt like this is a feud that they wanted to save for a SummerSlam in front of a crowd or even a WrestleMania in front of a crowd, but they did it at Hell in a Cell because they needed something. They needed something to get interest, get ratings back up on SmackDown, which has sort of helped a little bit. Um, but I thought, do you know what? If they're going to main event Hell in a Cell, they're going to have Sasha win the belt, and fair enough. Do it Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell's, it's probably what? It's not one of the big pay-per-views, but it is big-ish, sort of. So I thought, that's fine. But hey, they didn't have Sasha win the belt by main event. But what they did have was, as I said in the opening to the show, a, I don't care what anyone says, this was an all-time classic Hell in a Cell match. The best Hell in a Cell match in a very long time. Um, they said that there's been three women's Hell in a Cell matches, all involving Sasha. Um, I think she lost to Charlotte, lost to Becky Lynch. Those I really like both of those matches. Not many people like the Charlotte one, but I thought that was good. Last year's one with Becky was really good. But this, this was just on another level. This was, I don't know, maybe the best women's match in WWE. I don't know. what The other one that people talk about is Becky versus Charlotte at Evolution. But obviously they had a crowd. It was last man standing. I, I thought this was better. Thought the action in this, it was it was brutal, and the aggression from Sasha start to finish was really good. It was very innovative. There was loads of spots, you know what I mean, where they were trying things out. 
Um, Sasha hit numerous meteoras in creative ways. There was brutal spots. Sunset flipping Bailey into the cell. Um, bank statements. Kendall sticks to the back. Uh, we had a weird duct tape spot, which was it's like Bailey was duct taping the um, Kendall sticks, but it didn't really quite work out well. We had ladders. Uh, frog splash onto the chair. Um, Bailey to what was it? Bailey Sasha hit a Bailey to belly and um, through the ladder. That looked like it was going to be the three count. It wasn't. And then Bailey at nowhere hits her Bailey belly to belly. Whatever. Um, looked like she was going to. It was really exciting. I knew Sasha had won the belt because. Like an idiot, I clicked on Instagram this morning, and I was into this match like I didn't know who was going to win. They still made me bite at pinfalls. The main event um, wasn't as good as this. This, this, I just thought it was great. I thought Sasha was incredible in this. Bailey definitely held up her end of the bargain, and the finish. Sat there thinking, have they gone a bit long here? I'm starting to think mm, they could have ended it at its peak, but the finish I thought was just brilliant. Um, the way that Sasha basically gets Bailey into the bank statement, um, and she has the chair through Bailey's head is through the chair with the bank statement in, and she starts brutally kicking um, the handle on the chair. So the chair's slamming open and shut while um, Bailey taps, and yeah, it was just brilliant. Sasha keeps hold hold of it after the match, and instead of like celebrating with a belt, it just showed how important the feud was. By Banks just staring at um, Bailey before even caring about the title for a good 15 20 seconds after the match. That was a nice touch. Uh, Sasha was crying at one point, which was good. It was Sasha and Roman both crying at points of the match. I normally don't like stuff like that when you get a Charlotte Flair crying in every fucking match, but these they just made sense. This match, trying to think, I was thinking as I was watching, I thought the only match in WWE that I can think was possibly better this year was the um, Randy Orton Edge match, which for me was probably my WWE actual match of the year. Although, obviously, Undertaker AJ at Mania was probably probably the most memorable thing of the year. But this, this for me, I think it might be WWE match of the year, you know. I do think it is. I'm trying to think what, what has there been. We had, obviously, the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. I'm trying to think, was there anything on that? Ro- I did like Roman Reigns against Jay. I did like Orton McIntyre, but I don't think it was anything that was going to trouble a match of the year. Some Payback was good without anything being like match of the year on it. SummerSlam was pretty much the same, but yeah. Just a crazy name. Sasha and the, the Sasha and Bailey feud and the whole Tribal Chief thing has just turned SmackDown around. Um, it's, an enjoy, it's enjoyable to watch SmackDown every week at the moment, which is not something that could have been said um, towards, I don't know, late spring, early summer. Um, but yeah, so th- this match, just go and watch it. As I say, probably my... I think, I don't know, I did love Edge Orton. Don't know, I'd probably have to rewatch both, which I will not be doing anytime soon. But yeah, really great match. Match of the night by far in these two. I don't know, where do they go from here? Where do they go? Do they, you know, where do you go from here? I think, I don't even know. You Maybe you do a, a loser leaves town. I don't know. I'd sooner have drafted one of them, yeah, and have... Say Bailey or Sasha, whoever's not got the title, it'd be Bailey now. Win the Rumble and face each other at WrestleMania. This match needs to happen at Mania. People say you can't go from a cell um, back to a normal match. You can if there's a bit of a gap and if it's at WrestleMania. So have these two kids keep them apart, keep them apart, and have them face each other at WrestleMania. Um, but I don't think that'll happen. They'll probably have rematches on SmackDown. They'll probably have a match at Survivor Series and it'll end with a TLC match and that'll be done. But for me, they did well saving it this far. 
Now let's keep keep give people people now they've had the classic match or a great match for some people's view. Have them off. Give you know what I mean. You don't always have to give everyone what they want straight away. Um, maybe even write Bailey off TV or something like that. Hopefully they give Sasha a bit of a reign with it because we all know Sasha seems to lose the belt as soon as she's um, within weeks usually after winning it. But yeah, um, so for me, hold it off till WrestleMania. But don't think they'll do that. Um, we have a backstage segment with the Hurt Business. Lashley's going to put the US title on the line against anyone from um, Retribution. <laughs> so it was Lashley versus Slapjack for the US Championship. I don't even know who it, who is it under the mask. Um, they had some real positional problems. I thought I don't think the guy could see through his mask. He nearly missed a drop kick. Um, he's he had Lashley's arms underneath the ropes for um, one of the pinfalls. The match it was actually quite fun. I thought it was it was sloppy, but it was fun. Um, it was one of the faster paced Lashley matches that you'll that I've seen in a long time. Really, I thought this was all right. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like it. But I did think it was okay. Um, Lashley retains the belt with a hurt lock. So it just makes him look like like shit, really. And then Retribution come out, attack Lashley. The two big guys get beat down two on one by Lashley. Hurt Business come out and Retribution retreat. So yeah, they've given up on Retribution already, haven't they? They clearly have given up. <sighs> they just buried him. If they've not given up, this is a terrible way of booking um, your new heel faction. So yeah, I didn't like it, didn't like it, the, the booking of it at all. Just let me have a sip of my... Um, I'm not used to doing these on my own. Let me have a sip of my Americano coffee. Oh. Ah, pretty good. Mm. Bit too much sugar in it, actually. Mm. Never drink on air, they say. Bell ends. Right, main event. Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Hmm. I, I was thinking after... Bailey and Sasha literally did everything... Like, if you were thinking about the G1 final the other week, where it was uh, Ibushi against Sonata, he was, like, trying to have the classic match, but it wasn't. You know, they did all the spots in it to have a classic match, and didn't, although Bailey and Sasha did. And I feel like, for whoever's following this is going to struggle. We'd seen pretty much everything that could have happened inside Hell in a Cell up to this point, except the one thing was going on top of the cell. So I was thinking at one point, they're going to go on top of the cell, because this match was a bit, a bit boring, and I've enjoyed the feud, although I do think it could have ended last month. I do think that, but obviously, for whatever reason, they wanted the bell on. Or, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I would have took it off Drew, but we'll see where they're going with it. Um, like, where does Drew go from here? If Drew was moving to, say, SmackDown, I'd understand, but I, to be honest with you, what I think could happen, everyone's saying The Rock, Roman at Mania, I think you might see... I think what we're going to get from WrestleMania, I'm saying we're in October, so this is early predictions, anything can happen. I think we're going to get Edge coming back and winning the Rumble and facing Orton at WrestleMania, and we're going to have Drew McIntyre somehow. Maybe he's going to have to win the Rumble, actually. God knows. Maybe you'll have, you'll have Drew McIntyre win the Rumble, face McIntyre versus heel Roman at WrestleMania, and you also go with Edge, Randy Orton for the WWE title. So I think your two Mania main events are going to be Edge, Orton and McIntyre, Roman. Um, where McIntyre wouldn't surprise me if he won the belt back at Mania. Um, well, obviously, the, what is it, the Universal belt, but yeah, you just got to wear I'm sure literally, they can do what they want. They can get Drew on SmackDown. So yeah, I don't think Drew will be too hurt by this, but just don't really know where he goes from here. The, we had Orton try and attack... Uh, Drew pointlessly dressed up as like a cameraman before the match, which was just weird. 
Um, it didn't. It failed, so it was a bit pointless. We had a boring 10 minutes at the start of the match, and they slowly go to the top of the cell. It picked up a bit from there. They repeated the uh, HBK Undertaker spot, you know, where there's a climbing, basically got on top of the cell, had a bit of a scrap, come down, and they're halfway down, and they did the bit where um, Sean crashes through the table, but obviously it was Drew McIntyre this time that crashed through the table. McIntyre, he possibly a bit goofy, but it was, he did sell it as if he was dead. Um, and then we get into the ring for the final couple of minutes of the match where they tease um, the backslide, you know, that the SummerSlam match between the two ended with McIntyre um, hitting a backslide for the three. Uh, Orton kicked out at two. Claymore to Orton. Orton rolls out, gets back in the ring. McIntyre setting him up for the second Claymore. Orton drops to his back, bounces up, hits the RKO. Um, Randy Orton is your 14-time world champion in WWE. So yeah, he's leveled with Triple H. The match itself, it, it was fine. It, it was all right. It was good. There wasn't. It was a bit long. Thirty minutes was a bit long. I do think three cell matches could be a bit much. But then, if you're opening the show with a cell match, I I don't even know how you do it to be honest. So if you open the show in previous years, these Hell in a Cell pay-per-views, you've opened the show with a cell match, and then you've got two hours of shit by the main event. But I don't even know. I think three is a bit of a push. I think they did it that year when Roman faced uh, Rusev. But yeah, the match itself was good. I'm not quite sure why Orton won the belt. Orton was really hot before this McIntyre feud sort of eased off a bit, but like like you say, he's probably doing it because they want Edge to be the one to take the title off Orton. I think it makes all the sense in the world. Not I say it like that, so what am I on about? But yeah. Drew, he'd had a good reign. He did really well with it when you actually think about it. Um, in It just it didn't really turn out how he wanted. I think he really excelled, looking back at his reign, during the, uh, when he was at the Performance Centre. Do you know what I mean? He was really good in that environment. With the Orton feud, it sort of eased off a bit. But hey, he never got to main event, did he, after winning the belt? He never finished one of these pay-per-views until this match where he lost it. But I think I was thinking about the Orton. I thought that this McIntyre Orton feud was just going to be like... Do you remember when Batista faced Triple H? And Batista won three pay-per-views in a row. He won at Mania, won at Backlash, and then he won the Hell in a Cell clean at Vengeance. That were in 2005. And I thought they was going to do that because you had McIntyre win by a backslide at SummerSlam... And then he won with assisted help um, at Clash of Champions. So I thought, right, he's going to have the big clean win here. And he didn't get it. So, yeah, plans change people. But, yeah, overall, overall, this was a really, really good pay-per-view. As I say, I've tweeted, I think WWE have had a great run of pay-per-views this year. Um, the TV's not great. It's Raw is a bit of a slog. SmackDown's been good recently. But I think the pay-per-views since... Since WrestleMania, they've been good. WrestleMania was good. Money in the Bank was alright. Backlash had a great main event. I liked Extreme Reels. I know some people didn't. SummerSlam was fine. Payback was good. Clash of Champions was good. And this was very good. I think this was probably, for me, possibly their best pay-per-view this year. Um, some people, The matches in the middle were great. But the thing is, it's like a boxing show and UFC. You're judged by your main events. The big matches going to this that people want to see was Roman versus whichever who saw we face. Sorry, I still can't get used to that. Um, and Sasha Bailey. And they both delivered better than I even thought they would. So yeah, great show, great show. Um, so yeah, that's the review of the paper. That's the review of the pay-per-view. Um, I'm sure you're sick of hearing me bow on for 25 minutes now. Um, we'll be back. Might do a WWE versus... I don't know, I might review Dynamite this week. As I say, I'm struggling a little bit to find time to review everything. 
busy boy at the moment, um, eating pints. But um, yeah, we'll definitely be doing a review of Full Gear in two weeks. But I probably I might even review the Halloween Havoc show at the end of the week. So I'm trying to have a weekend off the uh, yeah off the beer this weekend. So yeah, I might do a review of that. Might not. You'll have to see. Um, but yeah, continue to support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. Subscribe to us on YouTube and follow me on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's it really. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hell in a Cell, really good pay-per-view. Let's hope they can keep it going for Survivor Series coming up. We've got Full Gear coming up as well. Uh, Halloween Havoc this Wednesday. So yeah, busy month in the world of professional wrestling as ever. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later. <laughs>